0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to our next episode, our second ever episode of El Vinilo, uh, the podcast that looks at the greatest albums of all time and the history around it. My name is Matt, and this is Adam. Hi, Adam, how are you? Hi there, everyone.
1: Not too bad, not too bad. Are you okay?
0: yeah i'm very good thank you i'm very good Uh, and just before we get going on things we just want to say thank you so much if you listen to episode one uh thank you so much if you've if you listen to that and you're starting to listen to episode two wow can't even believe it and we were overwhelmed with the amount of support that we got and um the amount of people that said they were listening we before we started this we were just talking about like just how great i thought we were going to get like 20 people listen and uh we got more than twenty, so that's great. So,
1: was expecting about seven of them to be family members. That's um, it. That's it. But no, yeah, it's been the response was really, really great. So hopefully we can we can keep this going and keep keep some people entertained and definitely, definitely,
0: And we just want to build a community of people who are listening to music and listening to albums. Uh, and so, uh, the next album that we're looking at is "There's a Riot Going On" by Sly and the Family Stone, and I don't know what you thought about this album, Adam, uh, but have you, had you, you said you hadn't listened to it before last week, is that
1: right? No, uh, no, Sly and the Family Stone as a band weren't one that I'd listened to, um, but especially this album, never, never heard it, Fresh Ears on this one.
0: Fresh Ears, come on. And so every episode, we like to start by putting a bit of context uh, to the time to when this album was released. And so this album was uh, released in 1971, was recorded, uh, obviously, just a bit before that. And so let's have a look at some of the context and the history around that time. And so, Adam, what were some of the things that stuck out to you when looking at 1971?
1: So 1971, uh, start of a new decade, Um, Getting into it, the swinging 60s are done. As we say, new decades started. However, some of the issues that were going on in the 60s have still translated and carried on over to the 70s. So the Vietnam War is still going on, as is the Cold War between uh, Russia and America. And international relations just all over the place are just frosty. Um, No one's really having a good time. Um, But life is moving on as is the music scene. So the the quiffed rockabilly boys of the late 50s and early 60s are, are no longer cool. It's your dad's music, it's your granddad's music, and people are leaning towards a kind of harder, grittier sound, whether that be through rap, which was kind of just starting, or the sound of Detroit, um, which was a very hard hit, economically hard-hit area. Um, events that kind of happened in 71, some kind of notable events. Uh, things like Greenpeace were formally, um, came came into existence, formed. Um, so there's this yearning for uh, social change and justice uh, in terms of the environment. Mount Etna erupted in Sicily. Uh, the UK moved its money into decimalisation, which I'm very thankful for because threepennies and heapennies I don't understand at all. So thankfully we got 100 pence to a pound. Get nice and easy get any maths in the bin not done it for 15 years or 10 years i don't, don't need, need it. it don't need it uh, very happy times walt disney world opened in florida very yeah, it is. very cool very cool just before we go
0: on can you imagine a world where there wasn't a walt disney world well isn't it mad like to think of that world where half of like we obviously grew up on a strong disney heritage um but that that was i mean that was in the 90s and Way back when in the 70s here, there's like... Just that is starting off. That's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So this was the second park. So the first one was made in, in the mid-60s in oh, California, okay. but that was a tiny park. And then Walt Disney had died at this point and his brother Roy had recently taken over the company. This is going to turn into a Disney podcast, mm-hmm. I feel. His brother Roy had taken over and Roy had decided to build on his brother's dream and expand into Florida, create this second park, which was going to grow on the first one. And yet, as you say, like about 10 years before this, there'd have been no Disney World. And now there's two. Crazy times, crazy times. Sorry sorry to interrupt, go for it. Sorry, interrupt more. Uh, The microprocessor was invented. The world was moving into a more digital age. Uh, No longer analog times, but but digital times were coming. In terms of people born, everyone likes this one. Uh, The three famous people that I've got being born are Lance Armstrong. Yeah. No longer a popular figure, but there we go. Mariah Carey. Great pipes. And Tupac Shakur. Was born in uh, in seventy one,
0: and I have extra information for you on Tupac. Come on, he was actually born on the same day as me. So I mean, not literally the same day because I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old. Uh, but the sixteenth of June, I shared a birthday with Tupac. Well,
1: there we go. Share a yeah. birthday with Tupac. That's a that's a good one. I don't that's think I share person any, Yeah, I don't think I share a birthday with anyone as cool as as maybe Tupac. Um. In terms of musical events that happened in 1971, Um, there weren't loads, but um, Led Zeppelin released their fourth untitled album, or self-titled album, Led Zeppelin IV.
0: Which is a big one.
1: It's a big one, a very, very good one. Uh, I think
0: we're going to talk about that in a
1: couple of months' time. I think we will. (laughs) Um, And then, again, on a a sad note, these are quite depressing facts, but on a sad note, uh, Jim Morrison's From the Doors was found dead in a bathtub in Paris. Um so quite a, quite a tumultuous year there's a lot going on in the world um with war and just bleakness and um yeah and it was crazy crazy times but that was that was 1971
0: mm, yeah and musically there were a few different things going on so even though there weren't loads of albums the ones that were really good you find in the 70s like i was looking at the the uh, top 40 And a lot of it I've never heard of and I I would think hasn't lasted the time. But the ones that have are gold. And so things like that Led Zeppelin album is a good example. Blue by Joni Mitchell, unbelievable album. Um, All Things Must Pass, George Harrison. Incredible. Unbelievable. Just one of my favorite albums of all time. I know you
1: have that on uh, on vinyl, don't you? I do, I do. Um, yeah, that's what that one has got a spin on, like the sound of music. Um, yeah, <laughs> just an incredible album. And there was a couple. There was three Beatles albums, solo Beatles albums, that came out. So Paul McCartney came out with Ram in seventy one. Uh, John Lennon came out with Imagine, and yeah, George Harrison with with All Things Must Pass. Those three albums. I think Ram is probably the weakest of the three, which I is quite so. incredible to say. Um, But yeah, big, big albums, as you say.
0: Yeah, and Marvin Gaye released his album, What's Going On? And so this album that we're talking about today is actually uh, titled in response to this album. And so this album is called There's a Riot Going On, uh, after what Marvin Gaye called his album. And so it would be good to get into the album, wouldn't it? And so the famous question, Adam, is did you enjoy this album?
1: This one I did enjoy. I knew you were going to enjoy it. I did. I did enjoy it. It wasn't what I expected, but I did enjoy it. Yeah. It was good. Amazing. Do you know what? I
0: struggled with this album. Oh,
1: really? I wasn't and expecting Yeah,
0: them. I struggled, I struggled. And so we're going to go through it, but let, let's talk a little bit uh, about the album. So it's Sly and the Family Stone uh, are known with Marvin Gaye as some of the pioneering artists that made a way for funk, soul, and they even embraced that psychedelic as well. So they are a bridge across genres here. Um, and, you know, it's Sly as... Uh, a person who's the frontman of the band uh, he at the age of 7 years old was known as a music prodigy so at 7 and he could play everything and he could play anything and so while writing this album he actually like is is one of the front figures on it like he he plays everything he sings over all of it he uh plays drums on it you know he he's an absolute genius he's he's got all these skills and he talks in an interview that i watched about when he writes his lyrics and his music he sits in front of a mirror and then watches for his own reaction to what he's writing yeah so he instantly looks at his reaction, and if he doesn't like it. He goes, "Oh no, I'm going to scrap it." So he just goes straight off that reaction. So it's a bit crazy.
1: As as writing processes go, I don't think I've ever heard anyone go through anything like that. That's a really intense way of of getting your your lyrics out. I mean, I've not I've not wrote many, if any, songs. Certainly not any good ones. And I can imagine that it's a very difficult thing to do when you've got this song trapped inside of you these these lyrics, these words. To then sit and sell, to face yourself in front of a mirror and and gauge your own reaction to it is quite a an honest mm. and, and vulnerable thing to do, I imagine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and Bootsy Collins, a famous bass player, he said that Sly Stone was w- w- like one of the best musicians that he ever met. So that that is quite like a an, a thing to say about somebody. Mm. Uh, but at the point of this album coming out, um well they are struggling as a band so they are struggling to get on with each other Uh, Sly is no showing gigs and so he actually missed a third of all of the gigs that the band performed that year and so there was like 80 shows and he missed like 26 of them or something like that Um, and so and if he's not missing them then he's turning up late so actually like there's a lot of tension within the band. And so Sly decides that he's just going to record this album in his home, at his home studio. And there's a lot of drugs that are going on at the time of this album. Uh, and so uh, there's a lot of cocaine. And Sly would actually lie in bed with a microphone or with an instrument. And he would just lay down these parts while he's absolutely baked. He's done in, like, totally high Um and that's how we, a lot of this album was recorded and so what they would what he would do is he'd lay down like this drum machine and then he would play over the top of the drum machine. And then he'd play over the top of that. And then he'd play over the top of that. Until like he built up this song. But if you listen to the album, there is an incredible amount of hiss on the album. Because after that, he then overdubbed on the drums again. Because he didn't like the kind of robotic feel of the drum machine. So this album is just full of overdubs. And so we're going to get into a little bit of it uh, now. But what i think is in my initial reaction is that this album is a great album but it certainly lacks a bit of focus right. i don't i don't know what you think about that but but that was my thoughts on it
1: yeah it it's a very it's a very dense mix like there are times where i had to turn my headphones really up because i couldn't hear a lot of the words that were being being sung mm. um and it would make sense that it, it does create quite a vivid picture of someone just on their bed, just mumbling along some words. And it leaves it quite open to interpretation of, well, what does he mean? What's he singing? Well, it sounds like this. It could be this. So if you didn't have the, maybe the lyric book in front of you, you don't know why you could be singing. So it's really open to interpretation and to what the listeners, um, what the listener is thinking of the time. But yeah, the the mix is really muddy and dense. But I do like... How out of that denseness there is a a poetry and a there's a groove yeah, in there man. and it's and I think the the denseness kind of adds something to it. It's a very moody, dark album, which clearly he was feeling at the time. Because um, obviously, Sly and the Family Stone. I think his sister was in the band with him.
0: Yeah, and his I brother. Dad,
1: and his brother. So if you're fighting with we fought with family members and it it's it's a very tense time. So to create a project or, or an album from that it's really reflecting that dark tense time that he'd be feeling it's quite yeah, it, it paints yeah. a picture definitely
0: if it reminds me i've got this story right about when i was 18 i um i worked in a college teaching music and um we would like teach these kids like this btech music course which is just like a foundational type of course and um We, the kids were really well behaved through like the business section or like, through the theory section. But when it came to the performance, and they would, like, have performance classes, they would go out in the break time before that and get really high in the uh, in the bus shelters. And then they'd come back in, and they'd be like, yeah, man, I'm, like, the greatest musician of all time. And they'd be playing, like, Jumpin' Jack Flash by the Rolling Stones, but at, like, 60 BPM, like, super slow. And they were like, yeah, man. This is so And they were, like, such fake rock stars. Yeah. Um, um, and it reminded me of, I mean this sounds much better than they sound it's, uh, but it reminded me of like that kind of like lack of being able to tell what's good or not or like the clarity and that denseness you talk about or, like there is absolute genius moments on this album but I found myself sometimes like what even like we've had a ver like two verses in the chorus and the longest jam
1: yeah i've ever heard like there's jams forever there is real real moments of just kind of freewheeling music but then a lot of it isn't you'd expect it to go somewhere but it it doesn't it's just a bit repetitive and i think any focus or direction from this album a lot of it comes from some of the musicians he brought in so Mm. billy preston plays on this record a few times the famous organist ike turner's on it as is bobby womack so i think any especially the electric piano there's a lot of organ and electric piano on here that is great reminds me a lot of stevie wonder and and things of that time and i think those moments that you kind of go oh that's really good clearly well, not clearly but it seems like that's not sly that is these other musicians that he's brought in that might be outside of it or might be sober so it it is interesting that about that that focus that lack of focus as you say it, it's evident,
0: and I think it's a shame because if there was more focus, I think this album would be higher up. Um, right. but that's what I think because uh, I do think it's a really. At first, I was like, "Why is this album in this list?" <laughs> and then I got deep into it, and I was like, "Oh, I get it." Like some of the things on it, like some of those bass parts are genius. Mm-hmm. Some of the keys playing is exceptional. Like he, he was a really great musician. Um, and this album is a little bit darker in, like, theme and, and in sound. Like, it's got that real psychedelic thing that I just think it's, like, it's introducing the 70s well here. Uh, why, why don't we get into some top tracks? That would be helpful, wouldn't it? Um, what, what were your top tracks? Did you have any that really stood out to you?
1: Yeah, um, so there were two that really stood out to me. Um, the first one, which was... One of the strangest, and it took me a couple of lessons to really get into it, was "Spaced Cowboy." Okay, yeah. It was when he started yodeling that really just threw me off. I was like, "Okay, so this is a Hank Williams song." Like, it just made no sense to me. But then the more I listened to it, I was like, "Oh, this is actually in a quite a dark album. It seems like one of the most fun ones." And yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was a bit of a bit of a jam, one that I really liked. Um, Talking about surprise, and then the. My favorite track would probably have to be the last one, which is thank you for talking to me Africa okay um the thing that really grabs me on that is the first few minutes it's just that that bass riff um and the bass in general throughout the track is just is brilliant it made me pull that you know that bass face that that makes you kind of yeah. screw your face up and go oh cool. that's that's a group like the drums on it are great um and also just his his voice um that's in the song power actually not in not on Thank you for talking to me, Africa. But on the song Poet, um, Sly's voice is incredible. When he stretches it and when he really hits those high notes, it just, it sounds really good. I've got a bit of a thing for musicians that just kind of put a bit of growl in their voice. Like Michael Jackson does it a few times and uh, Freddie Mercury had a really strong, soaring voice. If a musician does that, if a vocalist does that, I, I absolutely love it. And there are moments in, especially the song Poet and throughout the album where where he does it, where Sly does it and it it really kind of makes my hairs almost stand up cuz he clearly has this really passionate powerful voice that that just really grabs hold of you and cuts a lot of time cuts through the muddiness um, but yeah talk thank you for talking to me africa and um space to cowboy they were they were some of my, my favorite songs yeah that's so.
0: poet was one of mine like the way it starts like da na na like it's so cool And it just goes into this really sick groove It's so laid back And the lyrics are just so cool as well mm. Like my only weapon is my pen And the frame of mind I'm in I'm like that is sick man That's that that is, is, that's poetry isn't it That is poetry isn't it But I think it's just so cool and I'd really encourage anybody that hasn't listened to this album yet You need to go and listen to it Because mm. there is education in this album that, That's what I think about it uh, another top song for me was family affair right i think the bv's are, are so cool just sound really good and i think that sly's voice sounds really good on it as well i, I think i think actually the first half of the album you've kind of talked me around because thank you for talking to me africa is really strong um but i think the the first uh half of the album is my favorite um And so Family Affair is, is without a doubt, their most famous song. Uh, I think it's really catchy. I think it it was a great single when it came out. Um, And then Just Like a Baby was one of my favourites as well. Just because it's just a jam. It's just a great jam. If you're into like laid-back jams this is a good album and i think sometimes we think about some things from the 80s or the 90s like specifically the 90s where jams are really strong and we were having a conversation the other day about boys to men uh but but actually like let's go back 20 years this is where it starts you know yeah. what i mean this is where this is like so original nobody else is doing anything like this um and this is this is a history lesson isn't it Uh, no pun intended
1: (laughs) yeah and there was I think a lot of the songs on this album really threw me off because I was thinking going into it fresh I was thinking okay 1971 R&B soul it's going to be full of upbeat really funky groovy songs it's going to be lots of wah guitar on it but it's going to be upbeat it's going to be Nile Rodgers all over it and I was thinking that and and it wasn't um and that's what threw me off and I was kept waiting kept waiting for that that fun upbeat song, and and it didn't come, and that that put me on the back foot a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah. but then the more I listened to it, I was like, oh, but there's there's a lot of power in it, and there's a lot of things in it that you wouldn't get in a nice upbeat fun album. So so it's got its value in it being dense and murky and and dark because it's got a lot of truth and and power in it, as we said.
0: Yeah, a lot, a lot, and I think it's definitely a an album that just like we said before, bridges. Those genres together I think I think it's a great album really but and I wonder whether something you said there is something that was said last week is that this is an album that catches you a bit off guard yeah and I wonder whether a great album shows you something that you haven't thought about before you know I don't, I don't know if that's what we'll find as a, a common theme here
1: maybe maybe yeah because I, I do remember you saying that last week about the panning um on the scene so yeah I, I think yeah I think I think if it catches you off guard and puts you on the back front back foot, yeah. it, it makes you think and it makes you come at it from a different angle and it takes you out of that comfort zone, which can then open your mind to something different. Which, you know, isn't that
0: what great art is meant to do? Well right. there we go. Maybe. Solved it. There's,
1: there's a tagline right there. Yeah. Let's
0: <laughs> just make our great art and heart and change the world. <laughs> Amazing. So uh we what we like to do is we like to compare the album uh, to something well to the number one th- right now. And so the number one album right now is Tory Lanez with the New Toronto 3. Uh what did you think of that album, Adam?
1: Um, again, very different from what I would normally listen to. Uh my kind of rap education um, goes as far as Weird Al Yankovic doing a, a cover of "Riding Dirty. Um, wow, <laughs> or, or a bit of Stormzy, and that's about it. Like I don't, I'm not someone who's going to sit here and go, "Oh yeah, I'm a, a hardcore rap fan." So yeah, this was this was something very different. Um, there were bits that I loved uh, throughout. It's a longer album, much longer album. Which I, looking at it, it was like 16, 17, 18 tracks or something, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a bit of a slog to get through." But they're all like dead quick, dead punchy songs. Um, yeah, the beats are really good, really solid. The lyrics, some of the lyrics are, are dead good. They're a bit blinking, you'll miss them if you're not, you know, attuned to rap. Um, but there's some great, great lyrics, great hooks. Um, yeah, so but I, I did enjoy parts of it. Yeah, it wasn't something that I'd heard before. What well about yourself?
0: Yeah, I I liked it. I've got a confession to make. When I was Googling it, I was like, I've never heard of Tony (laughs) Lanus. And that's how bad, that's how out of touch I was because his name isn't Tony. (laughs) (laughs) So when I finally got his name right, I I actually, um, I thought it was a great album. It's worth saying, if you don't like bad language in your lyrics, do not go and listen to this album. It is full of it.
1: Explicit content, uh, advisory very, warning. Very
0: explicit, and even some of the topics that aren't swear words. I was like, "Wow, okay, this is deep. This is deep." Uh, one of one of my favorite songs was "Pricey and Spicy." Mm. I yeah. was like, "This is this is a cool title," <laughs> and I, I know, like, you know, you have those um, words at the end of the year, like the word of twenty twenty was or whatever, like that. Yeah, I think "Spicy" should be it. I mean, spicy. I feel like there's going to be other words that <laughs> might go top of that list, uh, but spicy should definitely be one of them. But yeah, uh, there
1: were there were definitely some um, <clears throat> excuse me some some quite hard songs there. I did notice there seems to be one current theme <clears throat> excuse me one theme that seems to go throughout the whole album, and that is his struggle to get to where he is. Mm. There doesn't seem to be a lot of well no there is a lot of celebration in where he is now. being you know, famous and have made it. But there's a lot of looking back on what he had to do to get there about how he grew up on the streets and how he, you know, had to... I think he constantly mentions this time where he stole some, some trainers. And that clearly was a pivotal moment in his life that mm. he's just woven throughout this. And I think it's really... Kind of speak to a lot of people that's why it's number one it speaks speaks to a lot of people who are maybe struggling aspiring artists that want to yeah. make it he's clearly a role model for those people um but there wasn't there wasn't a lot of hope in the album which obviously they may not be supposed to be but there was just yeah there's a lot of looking back on on what he's done and how he's gotten out where he is it yeah. seemed to me yeah, yeah. which was interesting
0: yeah, and I think if if you're interested in looking, like looking back at some of his music, it's it's well worth looking into. Uh, there is some, yeah, ju- just an amazing history of just what he's done, and um, he used to release a lot of mixtapes right. um, before this, so like a lot a lot of mixtapes, uh, and then his last album was called Chicks Tapes uh, for the Chicks. Ah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but. Uh, The question that we ask is, you know, if you had to delete to one album from existence and you could either keep the Sly and the Family Stone album or the uh, Tory Lane's album, which one are you going to keep and which one are you getting rid of?
1: Um, I would be keeping. There's a riot going on. Yeah, there's a riot going on with Stay, and uh, Tory Lanez's album, uh, The New Toronto Three, would be unfortunately uh, ditched, erased from the history books, as it were. Yeah.
0: I think there's an interesting, like, these are different genres, but I think they come, I mean, I, I can't speak for this, but whether they come from a similar heritage. Um, and so, actually, like, I wonder what this. Uh, the new Toronto 3 would sound like if Sly and the Family Stone hadn't released, uh, there's a riot going on. Mm. And so in this uh, Tory Lanez album, there is a lot of dark material, lyrics-wise. And that's something you find in this 1971 album, too. And I wonder whether that is... I wonder whether that album would be as good without... And I was trying to trace back... um, like just some of the history of of all of that and whether it would have been an influence or wouldn't have been and I couldn't figure it out and maybe I'm not gonna force it to be an influence if it isn't. Um but actually I thought I could see how, you know, Tory Linus has a lot to um I don't know to, to thank artists like Sly and the Family Stone for what they achieved and what they did and the kind of the way that they were in a very white middle class world of the late sixties and they broke down that wall and they got the interviews and they managed um to bridge a genre. Mm. Uh, and, you know, forget the genre but bridge it into like top of the charts and it's not just about Motown anymore. But it's about pop as well, you know. Yeah. And releasing great songs. So I think I'm going to keep There's a Riot going on as well, but I can't say that either of them are my favourite albums. Our next question is, does this album go in your Hall of Fame? So the Hall of Fame is where you can keep 10 albums or pick 10 albums that we're going to look through. Uh, we're on uh, 99 now, and so we've got another, uh, we've got a lot of albums to go, but out of all of those albums. We're gonna pick a top ten that are our favorite albums, and so it's no surprise that um, this album isn't going into my top ten. Uh, mm-hmm. But I wonder, did it get any consideration from you, Adam? Or
1: I mean, it is it is strong. I did enjoy it, um, and there are moments that made me think, oh, it could it could take the number ten spot. Um, but no, it's still it's still too early for any album. And It didn't impress me enough to jump ahead of the queue of, of some of the albums that are gonna come mm. so no not for me not for
0: <laughs> no. me <laughs> and something that i realized that we should have done and maybe we can do this now but i would have liked to have rated the albums out of five Ooh. just so that we can j- just try and keep a track on things and how much we liked them and how much we didn't and so i'm gonna write them down let's take last week's album first okay um so what did you what did you rate the zombies album out of five
1: uh, that for me would be a two. Oh my goodness. When, I, when it's out of five, it's very difficult to, to gauge. It is. It is. But, I can give yeah, you
0: half marks as well.
1: It's still two. <laughs> okay,
0: fair enough. Fair enough. I'm going to give it a four. Really? Yeah, I'm giving wow. it a four. I really liked it. I've still been listening to it. Okay, It's been a keeper. It's been a keeper. Uh, and what about this week's Arden? uh there's a riot going on. It's Sly and the Family Stone. How many stars are you get? Given that out of five, uh,
1: this one goes for three and a half for me.
0: Wow, I feel I feel like you're gonna be harder to please. Do you say three? Three and a half. Three and a half. Three point five. I think I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a two.
1: Oh wow.
0: No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to give it a three. Okay it's too it's too good to give it if it wasn't so jam heavy i would love it but the grooves are great but i just got lost in it if i was getting baked on this album right so i've never got high But if i was gonna get high right (laughs) (laughs) then this this would be a great album to get high to but i've got no desire to do that so
1: yeah i just get a bit bored would this be the time to put a, a disclaimer that we at Elvenilo are Elvanilo and not endorsing the use of narcotics while yeah. listening yeah, fair to your, enough. Uh, fair enough. your musical yeah. product?
0: <laughs> and so I'm not saying I am going to, I'm saying if I was going to... It's I a might, fair comment. I might it's put a this album com- on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, so a three. <laughs> yeah, so a three if I'm not baked and, okay. a, <laughs> and a 5.5 if I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there we go. So... I mean, I thought this week's album wasn't as good as last week's, but you obviously thought the
1: opposite. Yeah, the, the opposite for me. Yeah, it was and a that's what stronger. it's all about. Yeah. It made sense to me that this one was 99. This one aired its place in the top 100, whereas last week I was so unsure of how Odyssey and Oracle even got into the top 100. But this one made sense to me. This one is a bit. It's a bit groundbreaking. It's a bit different. So I'm okay with this one being in the top 100.
0: You're carrying on throwing shade. I don't know if you saw, but the Zombies official Instagram actually liked one of our posts this week. I and I thought, if you guys knew what Adam had been saying, you would not be liking this.
1: If, you, if they want to come on for an interview, I will. Uh, I will happily... You'll, speak ha- to
0: you'll have to take a week off that week i think <laughs> okay amazing so we're heading towards the end of the podcast uh and so it's time to talk about next week's album and it it's um, important to say that we would love to listen along to this album with you we want to we're going to spend the week just getting into it listening to it and we'd love you to listen to it too so that you have an idea what we're talking about uh, so you can send us messages saying whether you liked it whether you didn't like it and uh, we're going to be on social media and we're going to be uh, quite prominent there and we're going to be like talking about these albums and different things like that and so we'd love for you to listen along um to the albums as we go and next week's album is this year's model by elvis costello come on you're quite a big elvis
1: costello fan aren't you
0: do you know what i've only ever got into his greatest hits and i i'll uh, give it away now i've already listened to this because i was so excited um to get into it next week and so I do like Elvis Costello, and so I am excited to listen to it again and just get into it this week. And so that album is called This Year's Model. So I'm excited about it. So um, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And so at this point, we'd love to say thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're just so blessed uh, that you're listening along, that you're um that you're making this part of your listening and hopefully it's bringing you some joy in what for a lot of people and for most people it's quite a difficult time of life and so we're just so grateful uh, for your listening and uh, if you haven't already please subscribe to the podcast Uh, please give it a rating if you're on itunes and why don't you give us a follow uh, on instagram or on twitter so instagram is at el vinilo that's e l v i n i l o and it's the same on twitter except it's got a two on the end and so that is the twitter handle as well my personal handle is uh matt courtney music and so i would love for you to give me a follow and to talk about these albums uh, and adam what is your handle uh, mine
1: is adam courtney ninety five
0: that's on Instagram. What is it on Twitter? Do you know?
1: On Twitter, it's at uh, Adam Alive. At Adam Alive. Made in 2009. That was one of the cool,
0: earliest. Established. Amazing. So it's been so great uh, to listen to these albums with you, for you to have you listening along. And so we're we're so grateful, as we said, and we look forward to uh, to next week. So we'll yeah. see you then.
1: Absolutely. Take care.